Because, you know, fewer employees. This is just baby, like a baby specialist with sweet, sweet cans full of milk. <laughs> <laughs> like, have, have milkies will work. Do we have any uh, basic questions we want to throw? Um, I was, I don't know. I was going to like rip off like a series of childhood cartoons because we're all, you know, late 80s, 90s kids and be like, which ones were yours? I don't, I don't know if it's funny, but I mean, they're good things to riff off. What's your most shameful beat off? Shameful. Beat just the off, one that yeah. you're just like, man, I can't believe that happened. Oh, you can also give us an edited version. No, I like it. You guys ever, uh, you guys ever have, you ever get into the mail before like your parents get in the mail? Like when magazines were a thing and catalogs, there was this one called Fredericks of Hollywood. Oh, okay. And it was pretty much the best soft core porn ever. (laughs) And it probably like really got me into like my lingerie kink and my like older lady kink and definitely my leg kink. 100%. 100%. All right. All nice. right. Fredericks of Hollywood. It was simple as that. This I is... thought this was going to go like uh, like Trucker Monthly or something like that. No. <laughs> he just said, you ever open the mail? And I was like, where's this going? <laughs> Please. <laughs> elaborate. Like, oh, I can, I'll can. i go out to the mailbox and, and grab the mail. Mine. Right. Not quite the JC Penney's underwear <laughs> issue. A step above. If that's your most shameful, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> right? if, if that's your rock bottom if, if J.O., then you're living thought. the dream. <laughs> 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 the cream dream for sure. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Do you have any uh, fuck yous you want to give out? Who do I hate? <laughs> or just want to tell them to go fuck themselves? Oh, Max Hobson go fuck himself. Okay, that's fair. Is that You're, everyone's choice that? though? It's, been, it's come up more than once. Okay. We have to edit out everybody's fuck you to Max Hobbs because we feel like it's just picking on the guy. <laughs> that's fucking boring. He <laughs> loves it though. It makes him stronger. Yeah, it like fuels his, the fire within for sure. Yes. He's like some heinous elder god that the more you insult him, the stronger he becomes. Feed my evil. Mm. I'll be even more loud and annoying at the next orcs, orcs, orcs. <laughs> You'll see. He's immune to vicious mockery. Fucking right. goblin king. Oh, you know what? Fuck moving. How's that sound? Oh, very. that's fair. Uh, that sucked. But William moving. Go yeah, on. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Moving sucked balls for a week and a half, but the, the, the house is great and the game room is soundproof and most excellent and can easily fit Seven nerds in there and has a window. It has a window. So we don't everything? have to have farts and beer smell in there. The it's whole actually time. a van in the backyard. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I like the idea that it's just one like high up window and it's like super tiny and they open it like now we don't have to smell each other's farts. <laughs> the game room with a sunroof <laughs> in the basement. Yes, exactly. It's trippy, man. It goes to another portal into my roommate's bathroom. <laughs> they, they hate it, but you know, they pay less rent. Welcome to D20 Questions, the halfway stop between Baldur's Gate and Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> Is Guy Fieri like a furball? Like, what do you think? Furball's not too far off. I I feel like he's a third type of halfling subclass. Sure. He, the he has the a gourmand very, one. Right? I was thinking ostracized dwarf. Ostracized dwarf. Something in there. One of those little stout wide guys. Uh, speaking of stout white guys, my name is Law, and after a few drinks, I might slip in your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Zach, a level one bard in a level 20 campaign. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Play that sweet, sweet music. <clears throat> um, and I'm Anthony Cafiero. I'm uh, the Tavern Master of Orcs, Orcs, Orcs in Portland, Oregon. And we've had Anthony on the League of Ultimate Questing. And many times on D20 Questions, we've discussed things related to orcs mm-hmm. in the scene. But we finally have... The Krang inside of the giant guy. What's it, what was Krang's body's name? I don't know. I want I to say know if it was something name. really simple. It was uh, probably like something akin to like Android 12 type of name. Yeah. 
It's like the Master Blaster. Yes. I was hoping it was something like Eric. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> Eric the Mohawked Cyborg. Uh, but we we have the mastermind behind Orcs, Orcs, Orcs proper finally here on the mic. Yeah, thanks, guys. The mastermind's great. Uh, it's it's a hard thing to wrap your mind around what ended up happening with Orcs, Orcs, Orcs. Well, don't mm. thank us too hard. You are our plan B after someone canceled. <laughs> <laughs> In true Orcs fashion, I do love that. That is a very Orcs entrance. <laughs> yeah. But no, we're delighted to have you, and I'm excited to talk about some fun stuff. Hell yeah. So, I mean, we might as well get it out of the way. We've heard like what Orcs does a few times in different ways through Pickens Jones and Dave Mladenoff, but like what was going through your head when you realized it was going to become a thing? It wasn't going through my head. It was going through your loins, my <laughs> fucking bank account. No, I'm joking. Oh. joking. Um, no, <laughs> Jesus it, Christ. It, it popped right off. And we were. Are you sure it was through <laughs> the loins? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I was popping a rage and it worked out really well. So we weren't planning on making Orcs a big thing. It almost kind of ruined the gaming group that me and my friend Jake and Adam and Colin were part of because all of a sudden D and D became a job. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about D and D being a job? Oh boy! I mean, <laughs> it's it's okay. It's not really a job yet. I mean, I we occasionally have money moved in directions, but I wouldn't say either <laughs> of us are doing this professionally. But I guess I guess it means like more obligation than fun, right? For sure, where for people sure. rely on you for. Um, Delivering something specific, Dungeons and Dragons, it's it's good. It's, it's a big motivator. Yeah. Like it makes you have a higher bar for yourself because you know more people are counting on you to do a good job. But I would say the reflection of the stress is also in relation to that increase. 100%. So all of a sudden, we, want, we were like, let's have a gaming group once a month. Orc started as a simple idea. Let's get all of the... I'm a, I'm a chef in Portland. Let's mm-hmm. get all the restaurant industry nerds. We're talking our bartender friends and our servers and our cooks, all of which like to spend a day on their day off playing uh, some some D and D. Let's get them in and, and, and charge and, them. <laughs> so after we decided we can make a little guild of restaurant industry people that want to play D and D, and at the time I was running an event space. It was small. It had a bar in it. Mm-hmm. We could buy food or do whatever we wanted. As it was swanky. It was kind of swanky. It's still there. It's Function PDX. And we did a few. And we really were going for this tavern pop-up vibe. And I've done pop-ups in the past. The The restaurant I own, Racion, was we did 14 pop-ups over like ooh, eight weekends before we got like the right investor for it. And then we started building out my restaurant because we were trying things out, trying menu structure and pricing. So I've done a pop-up or two mm-hmm. in my day. And we had this idea where there's gaming tickets and there's dinner tickets. It was really food and D&D cut in half. And everyone wanted to play D&D and people couldn't like, they're like, the food's cool, but I want to play D&D. And we only had three tables really to play on. Who needs food when you have the sustenance of games? Yeah, it definitely started taking a backseat, it seems like. Right, but but then it didn't. Mm-hmm. After after a little bit, like after our third one, um, uh, Christian and Law and no, you did not come. Christian and Dan Smith came. Yeah, and, they beat me by one. Yeah, and they came and played, and they're like, "Good to meet you. We own Games Night Lounge. You should play with us instead." And we said, "Okay, cool. How's Monday sound?" And they're like, "That's great." And that's where it took off. And then Law got to take the menu over, and it was 
gangbusters after that, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> not here to toot my own horn. Um, I'm but excited. Too fucking toot. <laughs> I'm excited because we usually find really fun ways to alienate Zach by talking about additions or games he hasn't played before. Please. And this time we can do it by talking about food industry stories. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. That's what I was thinking the whole ride. I'm like, we're gonna talk about comedas today. So once we started working with Law and Christian and Andrew at Gabe Knight's Lounge, we really got into the theme idea mm-hmm. and we were paying, we had uh, local artists doing our stuff. It's one of those same things that, that Patch brought up early on his D20 questions. Mm-hmm. It's all about that local stuff. So the local artists were doing work for us on our posters. We were creating an event. That's the biggest thing with orcs that I always like reiterate, especially when I'm hiring and we're playtesting our new, our new DMs. Mm-hmm. This is not just a four hour game. Yeah. It is a dining and it's a dining experience plus. Right. And that's really important. And we have like six tables instead of three, which is a great upgrade. Exactly. It gets a little full. The sound is much better nowadays, too, because they put some dampening in there. So the whole the whole thing grew and grew. And what happened was all the industry people we wanted to come play kept playing, but they kept on bringing their friends. Mm hmm. And we had so to make rare that service industry people have friends. Like it's just a treat. <laughs> <laughs> and these friends were excited about D and D. So we had to open it up to beyond restaurant people. Hell and yeah. then Orcs Four was the first version of that. So Orcs, you know, is very successful, and a lot of people really enjoy it. And obviously, it's trying to create this sort of D and D tavern thing. But I think it'd be fun if we kind of wrapped about what would be like our actual real current day tavern recreating D&D themes what would you want to see in the tavern that is made to be a game of D&D oh boy Besides, I mean I think you know roast animals over the fire is a good starting point sure mm-hmm. sure I, I would want to see a very tiny little stage like this super small kind of stage where like one dude in a mandolin mm-hmm. is all that mm-hmm. can fit on it basically a wooden milk crate yeah like, basically <laughs> or like a few of those stages in the round so we can have like dueling bards going for the most tips totally and you know a a few ladies that want to do some belly dancing to it and the other one's like i'm gonna get you back like that'd be Mm -hmm. really fun i always had the idea that the real orcs tavern if i ever have the money for it would have a central fireplace that roasts one animal a day Mm -hmm. it's food by the pound guinea pigs Mm -hmm. (laughs) turkish game 78 dollars a pound yep (laughs) and we just do one meal that's what you got there would be a, the slightest of appetizers. And last night's roasted animal, the leftovers were the stew mm. with a chunk of bread. So you'd always be going one day behind. So you'd be roasting a lamb today and there's a pork stew from yesterday. I am a big fan of very small menus. To mm. me, it's like if you have more than four items, you're kind of just getting getting a little up there. You know? I show off. <laughs> <laughs> the more I look at it, the more I see Portland's restaurants going. It's just the way to go. Mm. Just have this like super laser focused m- menu concept and the people will come yeah i mean plus who doesn't love a good animal carcass cooked down into a stock for tomorrow's breakfast absolutely it's all smoky and roasted already so the way they'd be like this is low low on food waste everyone can get in there i guarantee you that if i wanted to staff it with guys and gals and one of the only requirements was you were allowed in fact encouraged in fact required to cosplay (laughs) escalating quickly (laughs) they'd be like well i'll do it for free yeah. I, I bet. And I was wage, gonna, no problem. Yeah. I was going to say, what level of cosplay are we talking here? What do you want to see on a scale of one to 10? We need mm. bar wench. We need minstrel. We need uh, 
like barman with the dirtiest towel, like polishing glasses with the second dirtiest towel in the space. I'd like say cod pieces are required. Mm, I like that. <laughs> regardless of gender, regardless of anything else, everyone must wear a cod piece. It, it, cod pieces for all. It this takes is a, the best place I've ever been. Woo, another round of shots. It takes way more courage to try to sneak past a bouncer with a cod piece on. <laughs> Especially like the spiked ones. Mm. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Some Legion of Doom shoulder pads. Let's go for it. It's out of control. Yes, please. And yeah. like dogs allowed, sawdust on the ground, um, kid friendly till 10. And then you would have some like darker rooms in the corners where people could get their game on if they feel so. I'm fun. glad you said game on. Yeah. <laughs> Dog- get, their, get their fuck on. Dogs love sawdust. I don't know. I assume it's cool. Just drop your crap on the ground. It's a tavern. Just take a shit. <laughs> Come into orcs. Cop a squat. We have gender neutral bathrooms. It's called the floor. <laughs> Look, in medieval times, everybody shat on the floor. No, they didn't. <laughs> you can just use the bowl we sent you. It's fine. Medieval times, like the actual restaurant with the jousting, nothing on this. That's actually what I was talking about when I said in medieval oh, times, everyone <laughs> shat on the floor. In Las Vegas. <laughs> Might as well. It's going to happen. If they do that in Las Vegas, it's usually on accident, but it happens. <laughs> sir, you can't shut on the floor here. I thought you were period accurate. That doesn't make any sense, sir. Please leave. That is your ninth beer. I'm just cosplaying or whatever. You... Oh, I got a leak. <laughs> There's not enough bowel movement related cosplays. <laughs> like the flap on the back of the like. Like the lumberjack long underwear for sure. And the union suit. Yeah, I, I could see somebody walking up to me at PAX and being like, hey, what are you? Oh, I just shit my pants. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, love, I love cosplaying? that show. That's the answer. Feast your eyes. <laughs> so that's where I, I like the, the ideal version of. of <laughs> watch out, buddy. <laughs> the ideal version of Orcs, Orcs, Orcs would be an actual tavern um, that I don't even care if D&D happens. It'd be cool to have a Renaissance influence. Uh, promoted spot to do what we what we imagine a tavern would be like. Here's what you need. Here's what you need more than anything. Every single person who works there has to have a persona, a whole character in mind, but most importantly, and this is what really makes it a thing, role play in the middle of shit. Like an ongoing story as a la like a WWF. Like while on the toilet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go like, at like every Friday, these two barmaids start a fight. Oh, like no. See, like it's want, a play. A I want bit. like I want like every single night is a little different. Like it's almost like there's a constant ongoing narrative between the mm-hmm. characters. And mm-hmm. so like you might be, be like, wait, I thought this person was dating that person. Oh, wait, no, he murdered her son or something like that. <laughs> like like I have to write a, a weekly script for these kids and like keep it evolving like a like a like a soap opera in the mm-hmm. best of ways. It's almost like one of those. Uh, there were these train tours. One of the people that I uh, used to play with would write scripts every week for these like train related Western mysteries. And uh, they had brand new stories coming in where people would ride on these like historical tour trains and have to solve the mystery of like what kind of Wyatt Earp template killed who. And I'm like this, that was your job. That sounds fucking awesome. Like, yeah, I do murder, murder on the Santa Fe express. It's rad. It's awesome. That is pretty cool. What a good opportunity. I think it would almost be harder to try to play D&D at a place that's built to look like some sort of medieval. Like the tables would be all shitty and crooked and there'd be grease, just like hog fat on every surface. (laughs) Exactly right. It'd be like too loud, too boisterous. Someone fell on you with a beer twice already. Sir, what's this in my glass? Oh, that's hog fat. (laughs) If you drop a D20, it's gone. There's like peanut shells and dog hair. Cow traps. You know, normal tavern fare on the floor. Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A hobbit falls over and you almost step on him. <laughs> 
That's awesome. So why don't you tell us just a tiny bit about a dream that lies on the horizon that has had many names in the times I've heard about it, but either the Orc Shop or as it was when it was first proposed to me, Magic Missile Studios. Oh, man, we thought about this idea. Um, so I've had the the idea for a long time. Uh, there's even a file on my computer that says Dungeon Collective. Mm. And I was between jobs, chef jobs at the time. And someone had told me about a place in Portland here called ADX. You, you pay a monthly fee and you're a member and you can come and use their tools. You just got to sign up on their schedule. Mm. Like, let's say you want to build a bunch of birdhouses for your sweet Etsy store. Sure. You can go to ADX because you don't have anywhere else. <laughs> You've to got build my your, number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is news to me, actually. I didn't even I, I had always heard the, you know, abbreviation of ADX. I had no idea what it was. It's pretty cool. So you can cool. you can essentially rent tools and they they ha- they make enough money on their membership, um, their membership dues. Mm. Um, guild, if you can think about it like that, uh, to <laughs> and will to hire some people exactly to uh, kind of guide you on your way and help you out. A lot of these people know what they're doing already. Uh, it's it's woodworking, it's laser cutting, it's some welding, and at the time, this is years ago, four or five years ago, they had um a couple of three D printers, mm. and I looked at it. I didn't know those existed three years ago. I, I obviously, <laughs> but like that they would allow someone to use. They weren't like forty five thousand dollar printers. They're like. $4,000 printers. Mm. So I love the idea of a studio for the creatives, the makers, the doers of Portland mm-hmm. and other cities. If it, we ever get to move it around or, you know, franchise or expand somewhere where all these creative types that have some money, tons of experience, mm-hmm. a huge amount of dream, but nowhere, no place, no space. A magical lack it. of competition with each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and also want to help each other out a little bit right. too. Uh, so that was the idea, and my friend Neil was like, Magic Missile Studios, and I love the idea, and very recently someone's like, there's no way you can do that. It's not the yeah. voice you usually use for an idea you loved. That was kind of like, <laughs> Magic Missile Studios is the best idea ever. I'm like, great idea, Neil, let's do it. Uh, hey, there's a problem, uh, and it concerns Wizards of the Coast. Like, oh, it's a good call. So I thought and I thought and I thought, and then I was like, oh, it should just be called the Orc Shop, mm. the mm-hmm. workshop without a W. This we is got great. the archives. We got orcs, orcs, orcs. Why not stick with that one trope? Exactly. Like, if it all can filter in through orcs, 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 the archives, which is our publication company that Dan Pick and Jones runs, this is this is the next step. Awesome. What are like just three things you'd love to see in this workshop? I want offices for uh, for rent, essentially, for our artist friends and mm-hmm. our creator friends uh, working on their own RPGs, their Kickstarter stuff. Then I want a few rooms in the back that are, are just traps <laughs> that are that are pit traps. But if you get through that pit trap, you have a decorated uh kind of a custom room to run your own D&D game. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of pro DM friends, me and Law and Zach, and mm-hmm. They have to run them out of their houses and things like that. Wouldn't it be great to have a spot that they could rent to run their pro D&D D- games? All the people that are moving to, to town that have all these ambitions, but a 600-square-foot apartment, mm. they would have a place to run their games. And we'd provide a bathroom and hopefully be next to a food cart. That's gotta my have, requirement. Gotta have the bathroom. And can I just say a personal dream of mine for some time, if I was going to go in a different direction in the gaming scene, would be to run a sort of miniatures library where mm. you would literally come and be like, okay, I need three Barg Heist, a green dragon, and a couple of dancers. And I'd be like, all right, here's the best we got. You, got, you really run the risk of all your shit just disappearing. That's though. why I'd be like a library <laughs> specifically. Because when you leave, you return them or you pay for them. Oh my God. Law, you guys have seen UHF, the most 
bestest movie ever made. Just the Conan the Librarian skit, mm-hmm. like, don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? And then you cut <laughs> yes. a kid in half with a two-handed sword because he doesn't bring back your little Tiamat. So many That'd times. That would be amazing. A brilliant film. And l- speaking of interesting business choices, I think it would be fun to have a history check. Mm-hmm. And this was one that was kind of encouraged by our guests, and that's a first-time thing. But I don't know if you know what I'm going to talk about. So I probably don't. In 1990, a blushing new role-playing game company hit the field just outside of Seattle, Washington. The intent of the company was to focus on making companion lore books for major RPG titles like the wildly successful Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, When this got the creator Atkinson sued, he shifted direction to make up for the losses with the help of a game designer and doctoral student of mathematics named Richard Garfield under the name of Garfield Games. They released the wildly successful Magic the Gathering the first fusion of the collectability of baseball cards with a fantasy game system that was simple to learn but incredibly deep. Their first few years of business exploded in a way that nobody could have possibly predicted and continues to grow to this day with some of their oldest and rarest cards selling for nearly $100,000. These years were not the best for TSR, and their slightly struggling Dungeons & Dragons uh, made them need to leap onto these hopeful coattails of the collectible card game powerhouse and rush to produce a card game of their own utilizing D&D lore and art called Spellfire. It had mixed successes and failures in its first year. Besides being criticized as a copycat concept, the game was considered to have a rough system, the cards were a little too overproduced, making even the rarest ones easy to get a hand on at the time, and most of the artwork had been seen before and been cannibalized from previous D&D books. To its credit, the game went on for the many years, and the creators did a good job to fix some of the issues, but sadly it never got the polished concept that it could have been before it was stopped in production. The game still has some fans, but the bitter irony of the small company that wanted to work with companies like TSR is that one of the unique business decisions snowballed into a success that allowed Wizards of the Coast to purchase their once-hero company of TSR in 1997 for $25 million, which is $10 million less than Spellfire managed to make in its first year of sales, and still wound up a failure. Although my personal favorite attempt that TSR made at firing shots at Wizards of the Coast and Magic was in 1994 when they released an ad stating that if anyone sent in 60 Magic the Gathering cards, they would be sent a Spellfire double starter deck. <laughs> Steal them. Like, that's a bold move. That's awesome. Send us our competitor shit and we'll give you a free game intro. What? What? What is this? What are you looking at? What so is this? Anthony brought us some Spellfire cards and they have a bunch oh, of the shit. original art from, from old D&D books. And some of them are just photos of dudes. There's this dude named Alec the Bard that's just like some fucking schmuck with a recorder that he bought from <laughs> Sam Goody. <laughs> looks like an REI ad. Like, he's, he's wearing like a red bandana and it just looks like one of those things that moms put on to do a bunch of house cleaning. Yeah, it looks like a college photo like or someone's like senior photo in their yearbook. And this lady, what a, the fair princess? She looks like she works in accounting. She looks like she answers the phone for reception. Yeah, all right, Karen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> she wants to talk to your wizard manager. <laughs> hey, everyone. Law here. In what has to be the first real episode of D20 Questions to come out in like a year? Maybe more? Anyway, uh, sorry about that. We had some episodes recorded and have been sitting on the files for a long time, but I think we had okay reasons. We've been through a bit of a pandemic, you may have noticed, for more than a year now, and in order to focus on getting episodes of LUQ out, hashtag every fucking Monday, we just needed to move D20 questions to the back burner for a while. We did have a live stream and interview with Travis from Dark Dice, which you can find on our YouTube channel, but we just want to say we're sorry to the guests who may have been waiting for their episodes to come out. We just had to prioritize, but now we have some more time and want to get back on track with this. 
Look forward to more live streams in the near future and hopefully more regularly recorded episodes. I don't want to take up too much time. As always, check out the LUQ.com to find all the Slapdash info you may need. Check out Season 2 Battle Axis and check out the Patreon and join the Discord. You won't regret it. And just to toss this out there, use promo code LUQ to save 20% and get free shipping from Manscaped.com. This is your one-stop shop for body hair management and loads of resources to keep you feeling comfortable and smelling awesome. Visit their store to learn more. But honestly, they sent us some stuff and it's really, really good. Very high quality products and the great cologne, great skincare. I don't even like cologne that much and I've started wearing it because I like this one. And the boxer briefs, super comfortable, great underwear. Anyway, thank you for all of your patience and of course your support. It's good to be back. <laughs> Just bear with us for future episodes. It may take a little time to get back on track. It looks like something that somebody would wear at TCBY or some shit like that. That is not a normal, like, that is not a wizard hat. No, that's like the punishment you would have to wear at, like, a bachelorette party. Your friends are like, we're going to make you wear this dumb bullshit all night. <laughs> and this Driss Duerden art, like, literally, this was from Sojourn when he was first, like, a fairly new character. That's what he was supposed to look like. So, I remember this fucking art. So this is the balance, right? So for a, a few years, as you just read, they had, they were just ripping stuff out of, like, all the artwork all the um all the modules all the source books mm -hmm. and then they got in trouble so they had to like literally use their own staff to make crappy pictures of things and right this and is our result we get the fair printers because because it's a blessing <laughs> yeah. fair this was bad using original dritz is good that looks like it should be hanging in the window at party city like it's just <laughs> trash I swear to God, this dress looks like a Sam Waterston from fucking Law and Order. He right? doesn't even look anything. But that's like OG art. That's the <sighs> that's the jam. People relate with that. They can't understand this bard dude. This is the problem with having an idea. Like magic was an idea before it was a game. This was a game before it was an idea. Like they're like, we need a card game. You throw something together. Exactly. It's like, uh, okay. Obviously, we're gonna have to upload these pictures onto the fucking posts so or drop some links shit. or something for sure. Oh uh, yeah, have fun with that. Everything's worth one dollar on Etsy. You can find them all. We're all trying to get rid of our <laughs> thousands of cards that we purchased in the late '90s, early 2000s on this one. It was a Perfect. Good investment. What, what year again? Law did it come out? Uh, 1991, 92. Ooh, tasty. Jesus. Yeah, I think around 91 was when they really spitballed. Mm -hmm. So a question that we ask a lot of guests is what was your introduction to D&D? Like I imagine, I don't know, in my heart, I can picture this child coffee era, like this little baby, almost like a cartoon Doug. And I just want to see what, oh my what God, he walks into to get. Uh, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Still waiting to. <laughs> do you, do you, do you. Sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I just run orcs. I don't play D and D. Right. I mean, sure. <laughs> total cash grab, you guys. No. Uh, it's funny. Uh, the more I think about this, I have a fourteen year older than me older brother, Adam. He's in the Renaissance Fair clan tinker. Um, he was the kid in Stranger Things. That's him. He was the the actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they modeled those kids on my brother growing up with his, our cousin. Uh, Modeling children, sculpting them in the back room, craft services all, hammering away all at the their actors in, in Stranger Things are CGI. Wait, wait. <laughs> he needs more of a bowl cut and give him uglier corduroy pants. Mm -hmm. Done and done. Um, so he he was that he was that target audience, uh, a kid to play D&D. &D, and we were from upstate New York. There's not much as, you know, we had a plenty of. Uh, adventures out in the woods and run around by lakes and stuff. Mm. So this game was cool and it just came out and I don't know where he got his first his first couple of uh, D&D &D things, but it was big for him. And then 
his younger brothers, me and my little brother were born. And I think we just kind of got in his stash and we're like looking through the books. We didn't play much D&D as children. We looked through the cool ass books. First edition. Of older brother stashes, I'd say his D&D books is the bottom of my list. Right, yeah, it was it was the Howard Johnson. What was the magazine? I can't even remember. The company. Oh, dude, Fredericks of Hollywood. Fredericks of Hollywood. <laughs> and then next to it, it, under the mattress, was like the Dark Sun source book. To be fair, the the, the, the deepest pull we can have for for like embarrassing Jo was the Water Nymph in three point five. Mm-hmm. That's just for mm-hmm. me. There's, or even, I think even the worst art from older books is more embarrassing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, try way harder. There is that one that was. What's what's the one module that was banned for a bit? Yeah, the cover of Tome and Sorcery or or Blood and Sorcery. It was some sort of ritual magic book that was some amalgam of words that's similar to Blood and Sorcery or Ritual and something. Yeah, right. And it had it was like, just a naked chick on an altar, just just sprawled getting, out. And no, right, she was just chilling. Oh, she, she wasn't. Was, even she looked like heart. it was too hot out. She looked like she had the AC on max blast. She had the vapors. She had fainted. <laughs> Yeah, so I got that. That was my intro. Was looking through these great books, um, and just kind of playing along. We, I do remember having a paladin at some point. Ooh, and good stats. Yeah, it was good, and like he allowed me to have field plate and move around and have a horse and all kinds of fun stuff. I like the idea that as kids you were like going to the lake and playing in the park, and then as soon as D and D happened, it's just lethargy from here on out. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, and and me and my little brother would just sit around the 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 table on like a Sunday after having waffles and just work on these characters and never really play them. So I do love that, that like level of don't play it, create it. Right. Rock waffles and pregens. Mm-hmm. And then elf quest was a big comic book at the time. God, I, forget, I haven't thought about elf quest in so long. <laughs> and they, so Wendy and Richard Peeney were neighbors. Essentially they were, creating that out of a few towns down from us. It was a 30 minute drive. You could go visit those two hippies in their cool artist studio. And elf quest is a big thing in upstate New York. Like I knew about it. A lot of people knew about it. Sure. Then there was an elf quest role-playing game, which wasn't half bad. Hmm. Um, Never played it. So that fantasy thing was going and going in the end. We played a lot of battle tech. Yeah. Fastest stuff. I played more Shadowrun. I played D and D back in the day. I'll tell you that. So, the the idea of D in my life was big when I was like 12, 8, you know, that span of time. Went to high school, Necromunda, Mordeheim with with my brother, Spellfire, no D until fifth edition came out. Wow. And my friend Jake was like was building hype for a really long time. Like twenty five <laughs> years. And then Just he edging said, eternally. It was weird. And then he's like, Hey, D D came out. Wanna get a game group together? And we did. And Look at us now. It's very strange for me to reflect on. When Facebook reminds me of this is what me I was doing three years ago, it is bottom of the barrel, level one, super excited, first figure painted, and I was posting that on um, on Facebook. It's pretty wild. Nice. Yeah. It's an unusual order of events for someone starting a d I like it. Very cool. Um, so you do food stuff. Mm-hmm. I do food stuff. You love food stuff. We all love food I stuff. cook. You do. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I meant professionally. Um, sure, sure. What are some like fantasy trope foods that we all wish were like real? I just want to talk about fantasy food for a minute because you got all these different franchises that we've enjoyed in different fashions. We are not allowed to say the perfectly roast turkey leg. It's too easy. No, no. Got to go bold. Yeah, fuck that turkey leg. Stupid dry ass giant bird. Yeah, it's all smoke to hell. <laughs> <laughs> what other animals? Like what animals from D&D are you just like, God, I want to eat that. Oh shit! I mean, minotaur classic, delicious. Like I don't the know. cockatrice, right? Like, how, sure. but that's a little too easy, right? That's a that's a level one move. 
I would imagine them stringy. I just a picture that things that turn you to stone by looking at you are probably not tender in nature. Or they have those what do like I know? Too much work muscle. Yeah, mm. and they have extra tendons in their in their legs, so it's that odd turkey leg that's not built like a chicken leg. Oh, but if you took a t- if you weird. took a chicken leg and like did like a like a really good Chinese like you know yeah the Chinese ch- uh, chicken feet. Mm-hmm. Oh my fucking god! But like a big motherfucker, giant ass tendons right, and everything, right. just working it from up. left to right like a corn on the cob. But it's a huge. Wervern or like a foot. just like a chocobo leg. See, every see, I was always thinking that like a gelatinous cube having mm-hmm. dissolved hundreds and hundreds of people has got to be rich in protein. It's got to be like a big like block of holodiets, and I'm just gonna fuck that bitch up, dude. It's literally the biggest bouillon cube you've ever seen. <laughs> it is instant stock. stock. Yes, <laughs> just picturing like a giant solidified brick of kombucha or something. It's just, it's just man stock. You just cut it off, and it tastes like dude. It's a probiotic. <laughs> I, I, just you gotta, tastes like dude. You, you, you know, gotta, leather pants and everything. <laughs> you got to go with a G cube with like an ice cream scoop, though. It's got to be like forty-one flavors. <laughs> I would love to see somebody bold enough to devour a gelatinous cube. Iron gut. Oh man. Yeah. Would it devour you from the inside out? Then would you be like? I used to have a spleen, but now it's in the cube that's inside of my in, inside of my stomach area. See, in the cartoon, someone gets consumed by the gelatinous cube, and then they do that thing where they just open their mouth and start sucking, and it just sort of pulls into their mouth hole. Black hole. And no one asks any questions. Well, I wonder if illithid tentacles taste anything like talk like you oh, know. Oh, now calamari. we're talking. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, because that's almost like the joke. Like absolutely. Like if you can get some phylactery rich illithid tentacles pressure cooked mm-hmm. wait back it up first put in put in pot from frozen bring to boil take out of pot put in pressure cooker 45 minutes comes out cool down pull pull the uh the skin off mm-hmm. grill that bad boy okay salsa verde on that that's how you make octopus <laughs> That's how you make illithid tentacles. That actually asks an interesting question. Cannibalism against evil creatures. If you're mm-hmm. eating the dude that normally eats the brains of other people, are you in the? Are you good? Are we in the clear? There's so many schools of thought because one is like, well, they, they're sentient. They, they can choose between right and wrong. And for some reason, eating them is wrong then. But then there's like, you got to use the whole buffalo. Like, don't look, waste I, it. Look, yeah. if I can kill Nazis with impunity, I should be able to eat Nazis with impunity. Just saying. There you go. Putting I it mean, out there. Mind flayers are aliens, right? They're extra planar, yeah. Done and done. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Well, they're evil extra planar. More like extra planar. Am I? Am I right? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That was good. Very good. Nine mind flayer. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of D and D animals, I suppose I could knock out a quick bestiary. Speaking of a delicious creature, I, oh my god, I was not planning this. Um, so many great things come from the union of two seemingly different components. Wild tropical coconuts and German chocolate. Ducky bourbon and Colombian coffee. Mm-hmm. Horny adults and comic book art. Huh? Nice. And some fusions are not greater than the sum of their parts. In 1996, TSR released The Wanderer's Chronicles, The Mind Lords of the Lost Sea. And in this, there were some interesting nautical monsters like the Atasian dolphins and the pudding fish. Okay, maybe they all sucked. Pudding uh, fish. <laughs> but perhaps the least creative was the following insert. And this is a quote out of the book. This creature is the legendary cross between a giant squid and a great white shark. This creature has the front half of an extremely large shark, but instead of the tail fins one would expect to find at the rear of such a creature, this creature has instead ten long tentacles that make up most of its 75-foot length. The creature is deep crimson red from the tip of its nose to the end of its longest tentacles, except for the pinkish suckers on the inner side of its tentacles and its flat black eyes. 
Now, sure, this might sound like the inspiration for some sci-fi original $300 budget CGI thriller. We can all admit that with the right terrifying title, this beast might actually rustle someone's telasophobic jimmies. Unfortunately, it was born, and so it shall die, the squark. <laughs> the squark. The squark. Wait. Are we supposed to make up our own name for this? Because that's the fucking shit right there. Like, well, how do we beat that? Obviously, the shit is just as good. <laughs> it just sounds so dumb. Squirt. I hate it to death. Okay. I was actually browsing names. Like, usually I look for, like, dumb pictures. The and in squirt. this one, I was like, what the fuck is a squark? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what a squark is. So after, like, a little bit too much, like, chicken sog. Or illicit with salsa verde. Yeah, you might squirk once or twice. But just, just, just. I'm going to squirk. I'm going to squirk, bro. <laughs> So there's a magic card called Sharkdo Crab. That's pretty great. There was a sci-fi movie, though, that was just a shark squid. Am I wrong? Or was it Octoshark or was something like that? Was it called Squirt? Yeah, I... If only. If only we lived in this universe. No, dude. Trademark, trademark, TM, TM, TM. They can't, they can't step on this. <laughs> if my friend Adam was here, he'd be able to tell us about this movie. I guarantee. I'm pretty sure Octoshark was a made-for-TV sci-fi movie. We shall see. But we can all admit that the squark would be delicious. Oh, my God. I mean, both shark and squid are Please. fantastic. Yeah, but I want to say you're going to have to cut that thing right down the, you know, halfway down because mm -hmm. you got two very different muscle groups going on. Yeah. Mm. First of all, tentacles aren't muscles anyway. Right. So if we want to get some like some Mako shark level steaks, mm -hmm. that's the, the that that red nose down. You got half and half, though. Oh, yeah. You have entree and Steaks appetizer and is what you got. Well, and the flavor is everything. Like a nice flavor of shark with that like nice taco texture. I, I'd be down mm -hmm. for that. Shit. Absolutely. And you get 75 feet of it. <laughs> it's like fruit by the foot, but, but at Long John Silver's. But Law, you know this. When you cook a calamari or, or octopus, that 75 feet. It's going to be like a foot. Maximum shrinkage, dude. <laughs> Too true. Tragic. My squirk always has shrinkage. Cephalopods are not what they seem after boiling water. That sounds like. I'm going to say that sounds like a title to a Twin Peaks episode. <laughs> I'm also going to say that my next Elithid is going to be named Squark. That's fair. But is he going to sound like, hi, I'm Squark? Or is he going to be like, I'm Squark. You know, I will eat your brains. I like for voices to come at the spur of the moment. So we'll sure, see, sure. see where the inspiration takes me. So I got a question. What is the worst possible thing that has happened to you at Orcs? What is the worst fucking person? shit? All kinds of things happen bad at Orcs, and you guys don't know about it because I have to deal with things. Like the food. Whenever <laughs> it's never been a food issue. Um, uh, this isn't even shots called worst possible goddamn thing that ever happened to orcs ever was someone broke their chair. Mm -hmm. A larger lady broke her chair and it stopped everything. And this is at Wayfinder. And uh, my poor friend Chris was DMing and he's he's one of those DMs that DMs a ton of orcs. Mm -hmm. And every single damn time he DMs something Horrible. He happens. does have an unlucky streak when he <laughs> until the last one where not only did he have a great room, but someone at his table won a raffle item and he was ecstatic. Nice. Mm. The other example of his horrible time, uh, one of his players went outside to take a break and noticed that their five thousand dollar bike had been stolen during their yep. gameplay. That's a screeching halt to any fantasy. Right, they're leaving the table. They're not going to stick around to kill a couple more orcs when they're riding. Granted, home the guy was kind of a dick about everything and a mm. dick to his wife, so we all kind of hated him already. But uh, also, buy a better block for your extremely expensive bike, like right. a, your fuck you money bike kind of thing. Yeah, if you've got a five thousand dollar bike at fifteen dollar kryptonite, it's not going to do it. Right, <laughs> that was kind of what we kind of went away from. But uh, yeah, it was bad. Still charged them. So oh, what you're saying is the worst thing that's ever happened at orcs is Chris. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
That seemed that tracks. <laughs> tracks. Are we talking about Chris Stroll? Yeah, <laughs> of course we are. He's very unlucky when it comes to the things that happen at his table. And there was like the one event where like two people thought they got food poisoning when sixty other people didn't. That was but. wonderful. I will say, uh, one thing that does happen. Well, one good thing that does happen to Chris Stroll is his podcast. You should check out Design Systems Podcast, which I edit and produce and all that stuff. And it's really good. It's about design systems and networking. It's really awesome stuff. Check it out. Nice. Shameless plugging it, bud. Yeah, man. I, I realize it. I haven't actually plugged that shit yet. And I think no, it's the I, perfect I, place. I didn't even know first I've heard. I didn't know he did a podcast. Only until you told me you were working on it with him. I was like, he's got a podcast. Like, yeah, he's got a bunch of them, but I'm doing it better now. <laughs> what? This is awesome. And that's something I actually wanted to, to bring up. The, the whole idea with the orc shop, like the next move for where orcs would go. We're going to want to have space for people to do their own podcast, just like you two friends do. No one has equipment like this just kicking around. And it'd be great to have uh, Slapdash produce and like just at the very least, tell me what the hell to buy and how to build it <laughs> and then produce it because it's all of our passions. If we can make our passion project, our hobbies, our actual job, we have won the game of life and we all know it and we're all scared to try to do it. We have to leap off of a cliff, you but it cowards. does have to happen. <laughs> I don't have feather fall, my dude. If I did, I'd have been like, Two day, two years ago, I'd have gone for it. Yeah. yeah, why can't you be like me and lose your job and be irresponsible for like a half a year and then decide to start buying a bunch of equipment you can't afford to start your podcast empire? Come on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also am full of bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be specific. <laughs> How many minis you got these days, bud? <laughs> my favorite is when I was literally at the bottom of the barrel on my bank account, literally no money left. And I'm sitting there staring down the barrel of the newest Reaper Bones Kickstarter. And I'm like, $225 isn't that bad for like 200 minis. I feel I'm just going to buy them. <laughs> I, I feel bad for, for helping throw that in front of you. Too. You are personally responsible guilty. for this. Honestly, I got to say this. Law, I didn't know about your cool mini library. That's a great idea. Yeah. That did not. I mean, that's basically what I do with orcs is know, every yeah. month. I just have people compile a list of what they need and then I'll send them pictures. Be like, this is pretty close. There's a reason there's a hashtag mini section on our Slack channel with all the orcs DMs is because it's really just you and yeah, you. Uh, Brian, Brian has <laughs> a good Brian, collection Brian, too. Yeah, has a good, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's really cool. So the idea, like if, if it, you know, this idea takes off and you get a better spot, I would love to have my biggest one because I like painting minis. Mm -hmm. I like making um, terrain more. Yeah, I used to do so much of that in high school and thinking back, like if I looked at it now, it would be so embarrassing because we basically just learned that styrofoam out of the box, if you spray paint it, it melts. Yeah. And then you stick, you stick like um, uh, toothpicks in it and it looks like, because we played like Warhammer 40K. Mm. So a melted wall with spikes coming it's out like of it was super- Mars fucking landscape. Yeah. La, can you tell me your biggest failure in, in terrain building? Because it's going to be the same as mine when you melted the totally cool thing you built out of styrofoam because oh, you didn't have the right spray paint. I have paint. a great story about failing at terrain and just general like war game construction. Uh, I think it was a birthday party and I was probably like 12 or 13. And at that point, we used to have people living in our basement because rent is expensive and we were poor. <laughs> but once <laughs> they moved out, I hung out there all the time. And I finally got to do like a birthday party down in the living room of this basement in our house. And we were so stoked because we'd all been playing 40K for a few months, maybe a year. And we had like, you know, we're saving up all of our fucking dishwashing money and stuff to buy miniatures or just allowance, depending on what year it started, because I don't remember. Um, I we mean, were like, and, and 40K is the most Even when it was game. new, it was expensive yeah. as fuck. <laughs> um, and we were all deciding that we wanted to like make some terrain and paint minis. So we were just like fucking spray painting them in my basement. And I have some pretty like 
hands-off parents to say the least and like my mom actually like came down was like are you guys getting high on spray paint down here? <laughs> i mean yes but Which, not intentionally i mean it's hilarious because of the uh, there's a degree of hypocrisy there but also it was just the weirdest like can i join because i was a pretty <laughs> like i was a pretty safe kid at that age like i was kind of well behaved to say the least um i was like dumb as fuck but i didn't get into that kind of like made for tv special trouble well you know what they say teach your kids D and they'll never have money for drugs exactly and the exactly. same is true with 40k man that really put my foot in the door of you know like 10 bucks from rent every month kind of living right <laughs> that's me baby and did everything just melt in front of you you're like no we we got it we, we got it looked cool we didn't mean to when we got high <laughs> oh, like there was a lot of paint it's, a, fumes. it's a drug story not an art story this is awesome it was just paint fumes in like an hour we all had like headaches and we felt like <laughs> shit it's just dumb. so what you're saying for the record is that uh tabletop games get you high and yes. the, drug, the magical world of drugs and when i was 13 i didn't understand the principles of like room air volume versus introducing new toxins right right there's something to be said about ventilation but also not like that's perfect right now oh. I, I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any plugs you want to give out of like links people can go to or stuff to look out for in the near future regarding orcs or Anthony himself? Well, Anthony himself is at um, I am I am the chef and GM at Little Chickpea in the Pearl. We do um, we are the chickpea based ice general cream. manager, not GM, Jim. Right. <laughs> not, not GM. This is not a gaming game podcast. General manager, not GM. Oh, God, if I could if I could just control my employees a little bit better, I'd really want to railroad them into coming to work and to work and not putzing around <laughs> uh, general manager and chef at little chickpea in the pearl, um, dairy free ice cream, uh, gluten-free bakery. We're like awesome. 90% vegan at this point and everyone loves it. A real Portland institution. <laughs> the most Portlander. Hey, I, I'm an ice cream purist and that's, there's some fucking good, good flavors. And we're I getting that, better and I better. I get that shit every month and it does. It gets way better every month. So we've been improving our stuff and we're using different things so we're getting really good at our fun flavors so come to Little Chickpea but that's beside the point. This is D20 Questions and OrcsOrcsOrcs.com. OrcsOrcsOrcs on both Twitter and Instagram. We are so lucky to have that URL. It costs $12 a year. Mm -hmm. um, also coming up soon someday will be the uh, the Orcshop PDX, which also co costs $12 a year instead of theorkshop.com, which was $1,200 a year. <laughs> this is our this is our podcast about how much URLs cost. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, watch it on that. So we, but Orcs 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 has a pop up at Game Night Lounge every month. Go to the website, follow us on Facebook. <laughs> Law cooks dinner. We have a theme every month. It's a one shot. It's four hours of adventure. Forty five dollars gets you dinner, dessert, and D and D. And what you get in return, other than yummy belly and happy drinky, is great adventure. <laughs> And hopefully friends for life as a lot of people that come to Orcs, it's like their other monthly game. You don't have to cook. You don't have to clean up. You just can go home and, you know, it's a Monday. Pass out drunk. That's the cutest <laughs> food and drink promo I've ever heard. It's the cutest thing. And the, the, the theme cocktails that Game Night Lounge do, do are awesome. And the staff is there. We do 45 people. <laughs> We're there. I mean, they're there <laughs> they for you. They are extant. <laughs> They're wonderful. I get to cocktail host. Uh, you can see me stand on a chair and blow a conch and yell and swear. And then we have a wonderful every single orcs without fails had an excellent raffle that um, we've got great stuff up there for raffling. It's it's wonderful. And it really promotes a lot of the Portland makers and doers and creative types that we work with. 
Um, even on our website, we've got a lot of uh, the links to other creators and doers that that we that we um, are partners with. That's true. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you can check out slapdashstudios.com to get more D20 questions. And if you want to click the Patreon link while you're there, you can join our Patreon to support us. And you can get access to D21 side, which we will be recording here shortly. That's where the gloves come off and we have a lot of fun and really just go off the grid talking about whatever we want. No editing. All good times. Now that we've had a few alcohol beverage each. Um, as no, as noted by the fact that he says uh, we said we had alcohol yes, beverage. We, we, <laughs> we had alcohol. It. I do declare <laughs> we each had a. <laughs> and of course, check out the League of Ultimate Questing, our much more um, time intensive project that we're all very <laughs> proud of, and it's great. It comes out every Monday, everywhere podcasts are available. Well, beyond that, I want to say thank you very much for tuning into D20 Questions. And I'd like to say to every stank-ass third-level grunge lord out there with a pound of long-forgotten lie soap and a steel mirror they bought just in case, we salute you.